Look, Jacob, if you didn't learn the topic, you're not going to be able to get it. Okay, it, fair enough. It's true. Look, we're we're live here. <laughs> this is embarrassing. We're doing it live. See, I but now I'm proving to people that I actually read these. That's right. Welcome to New Polity, where Jacob virtue signals with his big books. <laughs> I'll admit straight up, I don't read anything except for title pages and then the little bit where it says who the book's dedicated to. I think that's the best part of any book. It's so it is, beautiful. It's it's I, I like to buy books just to know that that kind of Christian gift is present. Yeah. I don't like the rest of it. It's all... So what about if I like dedicated a book to you and mm -hmm. just made the entire book the dedication? That'd be the best book. That'd be the best book. Welcome to you would read it. Yeah. New Polities Podcast. We're happy to have you here. We're talking about money. The name of the podcast is Insert Audio Here. And we're excited today because um, apparently Jacob's got some kind of hot take. Spicy, you know, little, little, little chicken, chicken tikka masala take. Whoa, whoa. Well, I wanted to talk about da -da -da -da, inheritance. Inheritance. But not so much receiving inheritance, mm. but giving inheritance. Okay. Which um, we could start off by saying St. Basil says is impossible. Like you can't actually do it. You can't give an inheritance. Hold up. What does our herbal father mean? <laughs> it's impossible because... You have died. Ah. All of your material possessions have been taken from you. By so the you, Grim Reaper? By mean? the yeah. Grim Reaper himself. Yeah. And so you can't actually give what has been taken. So it's just like, mm, okay. if I come over and I punch you in the face, and I take your nice cardigan off your back, right. you'll be like, oh, I give that to you. You're like, no, doesn't count. I took it already. The joke here being that I did actually get this cardigan from Jacob, namely his grandfather, who, when he passed away, Ooh. left an inheritance. Ouch, that hurt. Yeah, an inheritance <laughs> of a whole box of awesome sweaters. Yeah, it was it was incredible. Soft he, stuff. You yeah. know that scene in Great Gatsby where where uh, what's her face is like, oh, Gatsby, you're the man with the beautiful shirts. Mm. That's how I think of your grandfather. Yeah, rest yeah. in peace. He does. He had some great shirts and everything. But that's yeah. I mean, that is ironically. You know, part of the game is that he didn't leave those to anybody, mm. just but they got dispersed yeah. out. And yeah. and of course, we're all going to have stuff that gets dis dispersed out when we all die. Okay. Um, but part of the joy of leaving inheritance is, um, or actually even not even leaving inheritance, but of when somebody dies. You know, I'm grieving my godfather who just died. Part of the, part of a um, a consolation within death is receiving some things that they they had they okay. owned they used and and i particularly like um when those that i love uh when i have a chance to have a coat or a jacket mm. or a cardigan from someone that i loved but that's very different than planning to leave money. Well, okay, but I'm 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 perturbed by this in a sense because yeah. can't can't you just write down like I bequeath this money to my I mean like a will, right? Yeah, yeah, my yeah, yeah. Kid, whatever, when I die. Well, so I, I do want to make a proper distinction between maybe we can say wealth and riches. This oh, is okay. kind of a distinction that you'd find in a lot of the scholastics, and all this means is real goods okay. versus money. Ah, I see. Um, so you're saying when when you're talking about inheritance. 
in the negative sense, like what we can't do, you're saying we can't give money after we die? Is that right? Well, no. I mean, this is it's kind of a funny point that St. Basil makes is that, and there is a kind of a rhetorical flair to make you think a little bit about the giving versus the taking, like it was taken from you. And when it comes to, but here's the thing that, that you don't find any squabble with, that at least I know of, and welcome to correction on this, that I, I've never read a father or a scholastic write against leaving wealth, like real property, real goods, mm. um, to his family when he dies. There's there's nothing there's nothing about that. It's particular to money. Which makes sense really because the goods that a family enjoys in a Christian kingdom uh are already owned within the family. So it is mm-hmm. a it is a gift in one sense, but the whole point is that they're for you own them for the use of those closest to you. So Aquinas yeah. talks about this kind of love which buoys up you know the people closest to you yeah absolutely so that's what they already exist for if they didn't exist for that if they're if you're holding them to yourselves yeah. then then the poor and those who needed it um more than you would have a claim on it right yeah. yeah absolutely and there's something also i mean there should be i mean there has to be some pastoral points in this too because death is real it hurts it's and um and so i don't want to um in, injure the name of of the dead in any of uh, in doing any of this or saying any of this um but there's something if maybe a focus on, on it like this is that uh, had I gotten any money from my godfather, it wouldn't be all that special. Money's impersonal. It doesn't have his imprint on it. Mm. His sweater's dead. His tie's dead. Um, his chair's dead. You know, And, that's, it, and those are, are memories of seeing him in these things that can be passed down. So, uh, But money, you know, a dime a dozen. Uh, these okay, so I, yeah, so I see why why there is a there's a real value in diminishing the value of money in terms of inheritance. But mm-hmm. you start sounding like what Basil was saying is that you you can't give money. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, and again, I'll just reiterate it's it's a little bit of a rhetorical point, because of course, you know, you can design where your wealth goes and such. But of course, hopefully, it's you know, you were using all of the, you at one point translated money into real goods in mm, your life. And you use those real goods to bless your family and your friends. And, uh, and now in your death, they continue to bless your family and your friends. Money, however, that you did not spend, did not spend, never blessed your family or your friends. I see. Yeah. It never got translated into real goods. You might say that, Maybe there was some security that it provided them that it was uh, that there was some psychological you know gift that 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 afforded them, and maybe that's real. But then you know, Christ is going to come over your shoulder and say, "Yeah, you made them depend on this money rather than on me," and you don't want Christ to come over your shoulder and do that, um, which he does every single time he has an opportunity in the Gospels. Like there's nothing, there's you know, there's no no excuse for it really. Um, and that's something hard that we kind of have to face up to all of us. Um, and, uh, but when you set aside that uh, non-Christian objection, uh, you are left with this, uh, this kind of this impersonal void of goods, which is money. 
<laughs> potentially could be anything. Which could potentially be anything. So there's a few different things to kind of talk about with, with the inheritance, but I really think that St. Augustine, who's preached many sermons on, on inheritance, um, needs to be listened to. Okay. And his point is hardly here, probably for some, but his reasoning is pretty strong and it's worth a listen. Okay. So I this I'm pulling from uh sermon no, some of his sermon numbers get confused like toss it around a little bit, but sermon nine, fifteen, and then in his uh uh what is it, number six from his uh on the Sermon of the Mount. So if you want to go through, go through those. I'm just going to reference them. But his his argument first, he's, he's you know, a fiery preacher. Good guy. Uh, he is going right at the jugular of the rich who say that they are saving their money and they have a savings account. Yeah. And he's saying, what, well, why are you, why are you saving that? Why are you saving that money? What, the only per if you have this just for a, an insurance purposes, as it were, then uh, which you claim is insurance. No, he'll, he'll make some distinctions. But if you claim as insurance, you're not really ever going to use that for yourself. Who is going to use that money? Well, it's going to be the person that breaks into your home and steals it from you. <laughs> so he says, first of all, you're saving for thieves, which is not a good thing to do. You should not benefit those sinners. Then, then he he's playing kind of a give and take. It's a dialogue even within these homilies. You say, well, no, 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 you know, uh, I'm actually not saving for for it never to be used. I'm saving for it to be for my son. And he actually Saint Augustine makes this makes this dialogue in, in multiple sermons, and he's and he says different answers responses to 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 this fictitious interlocutor. And in the first one is, oh really for your son? That's right. That's very nice. Well, uh, your son's dead. He just died. What are you going to do with the money now? And that's, you know, really tough. You know, they hear it's like, okay, your son's dead. There's nobody to inherit your wealth. There's nobody that you're you're storing up for. You know, now you're you're actually faced with with your real motives. Why are you actually saving that money? If it if it was genuinely for your son, then spend it. You know, make sure and and you know, as the church has always said in their teaching, if you have excessive money. It is not up to do what is not up to you what you do with it. Mm -hmm. um, so you spend it well. Uh, you don't blow it on Vegas. Uh, that was somewhere in the homily. I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, so that's a, that's a really tough first point. Yeah, it's just like totally. actually facing up to yourself about why you're actually saving this money. But then in a different homily, he says that uh, you know again. Well, no, I'm, I'm saving this money as inheritance for my son. Okay, you die. Your son gets the money in this case. Son doesn't die in this case. Son, son gets the money, and he doesn't spend it. And he saves it for his entire life. And then he dies and gives it as an inheritance to his kid. And then that happens again. And then it happens again. And then the money never gets spent. This is a sin, he says. And it's clearly a material sin once it passes through all these ages when people really do need help. And people really do need help. Mm. And if you're a rich person out there and you don't think people really need help, you need to get outside your bubble. Uh, 
people really need help. They really need to be buoyed up with that excess of cash. So there's these are these two first responses that you find. Um, St. John Chrysostom, I'll add him to this, this little litany, uh, wags his finger at anybody who buries his money, um, that he has, he has put the money back in the mine, the gold and the <laughs> silver back in the mine. And, uh, and this, this ma- material hoarding, and, and hoarding is an interesting thing because there's a lot of people out there like, Aust- I mean, primarily I know this from the Austrian school, uh, say that hoarding cannot actually exist because price levels will mediate themselves out, which is a clever way of the justifying sin, I just think. And, uh, but he says that this, this is the problem is that if you put the money back in the mind, then you are burying it. You are, you are putting it to death. I mean, it sounds reminiscent of the parable of talents in this way. You're putting it to death and in so doing others as well. Wow. So this is the patristic case on inheritance wow. that it is actually you failing to merit in the way that you should, mm-hmm. that it is putting and training your children to put their own souls at jeopardy in the same way that you have. And it is ultimately inappropriate, ineffectual. And this, this point is another uh, St. Saint Gregory, the great point, as well as a St. Basil point, um, impossible to merit from money that is given out to charitable causes after you're dead because then it's taken from you. Right. There has to be some separation from your idol right, right. and some real risk, mm-hmm. which builds virtue. Mm-hmm. So that's my case. Okay. It's not really my case, though. It's really right, the right. church father's case. Well, it's it's fairly strong, but I wonder like, what you would say to someone who says, okay, I'm, I want to give my kid a thousand dollars after I die. Mm-hmm. And who in not spending it sees that as the separation. So like in the sense of I'm not going to use this and that's a sacrifice. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I now am worthless in the, in a certain respect. Um, and I'm going to put it aside for my son. Doesn't that get over at least that last complaint that you didn't give it? because you were dead, it was taken from you. Like if you by putting it away, don't you sort of, uh, negate its use for you. And so, and so do a kind of gift. So I'm going to use a, another kind of scholastic technique okay. here where I'm not going to analyze the act, but rather the motivations behind it. Okay. Why, why wouldn't you just give it to him mm-hmm. while you're alive? Well, I was gonna—I uh, was gonna say, well, maybe he's—he's he's really young and couldn't use it yet. But but then, why not give it to him when he's fifteen or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, that is a great question. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the only—all right, all right. So then, I'm—I'm I'm gonna reach a little farther out. Why do people give inheritances? Um, I—I I guess the idea is something like this, something like death of a father who's providing for mm-hmm. his children is uh it creates a difficulty for them yeah absolutely i mean funeral costs say yeah yeah, yeah. um and then potentially some immediate um you know your lack of a i don't know whatever he was to them source of gifts a source of perhaps loans yeah 
Um, and so the the inheritance is a preemptive like help against mm-hmm. the problems that death can cause right. for your family. Absolutely, that... yeah. No, and that's it's a big reason why insurance companies make millions off of life insurance. Well, life insurance is weird because it's almost like a that I don't know if we could lump life insurance and inheritance together. Well, in, this... in that regard you could yeah. because life insurance is particularly for those you leave behind. Yeah. You know, like the reason why you might not pay into life insurance is because you hate the capitalist superstructure and you'd rather just save money for when these issues of uh, post-mortem inevitably arise for your family or not necessarily inevitably arise and i think that's part of the answer that some scholastics would give and they might say something like well certainly there's a difference between you know a thousand dollars for leaving behind a thousand dollars for your burial um or two thousand dollars. I mean, it's, it's just a racket how expensive yeah, that stuff is. I mean, really, put um, a person in the ground. You got to like deal with a union to do it. I, it's unbelievable. Yeah, um, and so that's that's a real thing, and I can understand stand that. There's also another thing, you know, like we have young families, and and making sure that they can actually have a little bit of breathing room is, is at that time as well. But this gets to, and so there's. Maybe it's I have not been totally converted to the church fathers yet, and that's why I keep citing them instead of making this argument myself. Um, and so I think there's probably some room in here um, for these understandings. But when you're dealing with, they're probably thinking, and I don't know about this. We can wind it back a little bit, but um, they're probably thinking about, you know, huge gifts. Oh, totally. You know. $100,000 or above, yeah. no, depending I, on I'm, how you live. And I'm playing the devil's advocate in a hard way because, like, I don't think that anyone would describe money left behind to pay for funeral expenses as an inheritance. No, I don't because think Because the whole point right, is, yeah. like, it's to be spent on an immediate expense. Yes. Whereas inheritance, I mean, think about the, the warmth of that word, inheritance. I'm going to inherit. Yeah. My aunt just died. Hooray. I'm going to un- inherit a million dollars, right? This is, like, the dream that I've had. Um, not for my particular aunt who I love, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like you have this sort of idea that a wealthy lost, you know, relative is going to die and then you're going to inherit a large sum of money. And yeah. it's not to pay for his funeral. That's for damn sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's the biggest it's funeral. To buy a boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, no, I'm with you. So I, I, yeah. I actually think the case holds. It's just that you might make a distinction. Um, and even then the distinction would be a little dubious because it'd be like, well, then why not? Why not spend the money such that your family had the kind of productive property already that they could? Well, that's really what okay. it comes down to is that if, if we leave behind our families tomorrow, well, there's there's a couple different things that like that should happen in the most personal sense is that you take care of my family, I take care of your family, mm-hmm. you know, and... Yeah, leave the inheritance of friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's something so much... Um, richer about it, more stable. And actually, if you're talking about any of that psychological surety is that actually raising your family up in order to inherit your wealth, not your riches, like your productive property. Um, that can be a company, that can be yeah. um, land, it can be um, the, whatever the source of your income is. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then also leaving them the friends that will that will care for them and to uh you know they're not completely helpless but will enable that Man, through that time too. i love this and, uh, you're, you're warming me up mm-hmm. i didn't believe you at first but now i'm thinking like whoa what a weird alienated world yeah if the way that you're living is to pass on money yes to your kids when you die as their means of living further in the world it's like this weird assumption that there is no community yeah exactly it's it's totally like well that's that's you, always the point of money at the beginning is that you know if you go back to a tribal clanish society you you don't you always depend on George down the street to provide you with the food that you need. It's George in every clan. It's always George. Is that Geargos? You know, actually, you know, yeah. George is uh, the like the the farmer in Greek, like the the, the wine, the the tiller. So when Jesus oh, I thought talks you, I about... thought you were talking about the guy that does euros in our in our town. <laughs> He's also well, George. I love that guy. Yeah, yeah George is George is the man. Uh, anyways, anyways. Um, Getting off on too big of a talent tangent, but it but it's a fitting name yeah. for somebody in a clannish society. That's yeah, all I'm totally. saying. Okay, George. So there's you, and you you always depend on George, but the very moment you have money, you yep. depend on the money instead of George. You know, and and all of a sudden your community becomes a little less personal. Yeah, where, because you're still depending on others, but now but now you're operating them. Like the money is an incentive for them to act. So you're not they're not acting on the basis of the personal relationship. They're yes. acting on the basis of the individual desire. Yeah, love for money instead of re- love for person. Right, you know, right. It's, it's so you, you can still say, okay, we're still related. And, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, what's his name? Who's that capitalist ap- apostle guy? Uh, Friedman? Friedman? Oh, Milton Friedman. Yeah, Milton Friedman has this whole bit on like how like – war and enmity is all overcome by the market mechanism because we all participate together in producing a pencil well that was Uh, you know what i mean like like have you seen this one thing i think it's the funniest video you guys got to see this the the, was it the creation of the pencil yeah but he says you know he like shows this crazy pencil and like all the different parts like come from all over the world and because all these different places in the world are participating together for the great teleology of the construction of a pencil they will not go to war with one another yeah and of course that's a point that adam smith makes in the wealth of nations yeah. too but yeah. um where where the etiquette of 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 business cooperation is becomes a mechanism of peace and we've seen that work really well <laughs> i would say yeah. in our Last 300 years yeah, of, I, yeah, of having business ethics replace the Gospels. Oh, Jacob, you did it again. I'm sad. I'm like, <laughs> it's like, oh. okay, 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 let's yeah. move on. No, 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 no. I, I, like, oh, if you could replace resources. the Gospels, you, like, like business etiquette, that's so, that's so insightful. That's exactly what's happened. Like nations are all just like. Well, they said that's what they were doing, you yeah, know, and, and even like, at one point in, in, uh, Jurisprudence, but well, especially in Wealth of Nations, before where he like he actually bemoans this fact. But you know, I think it's going to be best. Oh, <laughs> uh, if we're all just like <laughs> stupid shopkeepers, like yeah. daintily dealing with each other to make the most money that we possibly yeah. can. Yep, it's crazy. So, anyways, George gets. I want to die. <laughs> I am excited to die. I'll be honest. Yeah, well, that's... Pray, pray for me. Yeah, I will. Don't leave inheritance when you do. I won't. Anyways, I think I'm. This, a, I'm gonna think about it, but I, I, it's yeah. very convicting. Keep yeah, going, keep yeah, going yeah. on it. No, it's yeah. tough. It's tough, and I mean, especially like, I, yeah, it's hard for me with a family and such. And and one thing that I, um, 
I guess I, I should, maybe I shouldn't say this. I'm going to say it anyway. Oh boy, these moments are always fun for me. I have no idea what's going to come. <laughs> for now, I might change my mind on this. For now, we always say six months of living in case something goes bad. I save this money, though, not just for our family, but for anybody in our community. Hmm. So there's been a number of occasions where I just, you know, I think of it as our of our city savings account. So I always save that money. And if people need it, then I'll write them a check and give it away. Then we'll try and save up a little bit more so that marks there and and eventually that would be for my family and for any of those who are taking care of them but anyways that's what we do for now and 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 i not sure how long i can justify well, that but i think there's some, right but there's some something there's something yeah pilgrimage about all this in the sense of like it would be the sign of a failed community if a father who dies and provides his family with six months of living mm-hmm. were not thereafter taken care of in whatever way that means. Oh, absolutely. No, I think... So, so it's biggest... like we're trying to rebuild communities in it, within the runes. Like it's been destroyed. Most people don't have this kind of friendship yeah. to to be able to say no to things like inheritance, to yeah. say thanks but no thanks to that false idea of security. No, but I know like if my... Yeah, if I, if I die tomorrow, you know... Alice and Blaze are going to be very well taken care of by you, by Andrew, by Alex, by Alex, by everybody in, in our... You a lot know, of Alexes. There's a lot of Alexes. Yeah. But just even by, by the Ashes, by, I mean, by all our neighbors, we have such uh, unbelievable... I mean, the English would be there. I mean, it's just we, we are spoiled with the riches of of real self-giving friendships. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and that is an inheritance that really takes... Uh, time to develop the you know to uh, cultivate and and is a bigger gift than you could ever really know yeah so, and there is a way in which you're right you started this particular line in the discussion talking about how money is what allows us to not need those things or mm-hmm. at least that's the myth mm-hmm. um the accumulation of money actually always oppresses someone because it's not being used, right? Yeah. So like you don't yeah. necessarily see them or get to know them, but there is a loss that happens when yeah. you accumulate without spending. Um, but for those whom it doesn't negatively affect, right, <laughs> who just have the large savings account, um, this, uh, what was I saying? Oh, this this money appears as a replacement for community like you don't need it and then the other thing that happens perversely is that people also don't feel obligated to give it to give charity Mm -hmm. to give Mm -hmm. help aid Mm -hmm. i mean i mean if i'm like oh um yeah that's this is a really important if i'm like oh i i I know jacob he's leaving you know fifty thousand dollars to his kid when when he dies and then jacob dies you think we live well for six months i was (laughs) i'm this is a theoretical i already know that you're not you just told me but if that were the case i certainly for one would not be like check in on on blaze i mean i would but Mm -hmm, like for mm -hmm. like and this is what we actually do in society right like the way we check in on people now is like a purely emotional situation it's like there's four or five days surrounding a funeral in which everyone says to you like oh i'm so sorry for your loss Mm -hmm. you know and what we don't have is a natural knee-jerk response of like how do we incorporate you within new economies because you've lost a kind of part of your economy? Exactly. Yeah. We like that's gone. And it makes sense that inheritance, while it's not the only thing, obviously, um, 
would help us to abstract ourselves from the need for for incorporating grieving widows and orphans yep. into new economies. Yep, yep, yep. So like true religion, as Saint James calls that, religion. is is gone. It like literally disappears with techniques such as inheritance mm. and life insurance. Wow, you you brought up life insurance. <laughs> But I really do think that they end up going in a similar, a similar hat. Well, no, sure. I mean, on, on a social level, that's obvious. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like literally, we all assume that you get a packet of money when someone you love dies. Yeah, and and there's, but there's, there is something. Life insurance bespeaks something more like, I need the help, whereas yeah. just connotatively, insurance is or like or inheritance is yes. I got something to blow. No, and I, and I think that's a really good... We talk about this mm-hmm. all the time when we're trying to develop a post-liberal understanding of scriptures. And one of the things we talk about is the difference between real scarcity and then a presumption of scarcity. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really all the difference in the world, um, which is when you presume that that creation is not good, so when that's your baseline assumption, then your actions become orientated towards trying to be a new god of a new world so you try to amass wealth to secure yourself against a creation that you think is opposed essentially to your own interest your own good mm-hmm. um that is i think what adam and eve did under the tree and it's what we continue to do is look yeah. at god's good creation with his good plan for how we are going to be taken care of i mean it's important to realize like people think sometimes of like the garden of eden of perfection as this like place where there's no weakness or care which is ridiculous. Read Aquinas. Like there are children, right? <laughs> we are going to have children and they can't walk. Like it, like the difference is that's a real scarcity. If you want to say like, there's a real instance, which by nature, this person needs help. It's not the same as saying like, I think that, um, my friends will probably try to take advantage of me and the people I know want to hurt me. And so I need to amass as much money as possible to be able to buy as much land, to be able to separate myself. I mean, like that's, that's the difference. Mm-hmm. And I think, somewhere in the life insurance inheritance distinction. And I I don't think it's as good as this, but there is that distinction, right? Like the real scarcity of death, Mm -hmm. death hurts and it causes a real problem Yeah, is very different than this totally aimless. Like we need security. Like you, like you just need power. Yeah. But I I mean, insurance is, is a tough one. We'll do a different kind of conversation. We'll do a different conversation on it, on insurance, but it, you know, there is, a scholastic tradition that insurance was just gambling and yeah. you're not allowed to do that. Yeah. And then there was, you know, some early Jesuits who tried to make the distinction that when you go over with a boatload of goods as a merchant to the next, you know, city over and there's a tempest and it all goes away, then, well, you've really hurt the livelihoods of so many people. Mm. And so this was, and it was likely to happen. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't just like, well, we never know if this is going to happen. But it's like, no, this is this is. There's a 60-40 yeah, chance that that, that boat's going to tip over. Yeah. Which I just, uh, anyways, I would, I would never. <laughs> Maybe in certain seasons, I don't know, but I, I wouldn't get in a boat on those odds. That's for sure. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, anyways, we'll we'll talk about that at okay. a different point. But I think that insurance even falls under the general critique of like we have failed to cultivate cities of love and that um Mm -hmm. and that when and part of that cultivation it actually 
demands people stepping up in a real way of giving away the money that they would have, they are saving, justifying to themselves that it is inheritance, or even having a mistaken understanding of what inheritance is. And and if you are genuinely worried about your kids, spend the money now on some real productive property, create a business, make sure that they're raised in such a way is that they love you, want to work with you, and that they are inspired by their city to want to be here, you know, and, and not to go, you know, go far, as the saying goes. Okay, you're going far. Yeah, I love you said that in a speech once, Mark. I love that. Yeah, but rather want to want to stay and and to yeah, right. to be able to continue the this cultivation of love that they were cultivated in. Anecdotally, I have never met someone who was given a big inheritance that didn't suffer from it. And mm. what I mean is, they were immediately placed in a situation of huge temptation. Yeah, I mean, especially yeah, when it was someone they really loved, because then they have to experience at one and the same time yeah. the loss of a real good and then the gain of um, a massive potential good. Um, Dude. And that's that's your experience of funeral is becoming rich. And I think that that is actually I think that's bad <laughs> or at least it's very, very difficult, um, not just emotionally, but like in then saying that that I am going to use this uh, money well. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think this is the other problem is that, I mean, if you meet anyone who's dealing with a large inheritance, they're like, if it's not something on their back that they're trying to work through, it's a real temptation towards um, a life without, without work. I just met a really interesting person uh, a couple months ago her dad died and she inherited an extraordinary amount of money and she doesn't own a home. She doesn't live anywhere. She's out of a suitcase and has been for years now since he, since he's died. Um, and that speaks the, I, like it actually is a perfect juxtaposition between inheriting or living in the society that your, your father raised you in where, people are known where the locality matters because that was your, your source of stability versus the life of inheritance where you don't know anybody except for money. And so you don't stay anywhere because there's nowhere to stay, you yeah. know, in a yeah. real sense. Yeah. That's depressing. It's Christmas. Merry Christmas, no. everyone. <laughs> Look, you guys asked for it. You didn't ask for it. We just did this to you. I mean, you do a, you do you try to do a podcast on money and keep it positive, and it's like, well, yeah. Je Jesus tried that and he did not manage it. So I don't think that we are going to be able to succeed where our Lord failed. Yeah, I'm just saying he he gets worked up about money, and it's it's not like there's a rosy ending to yeah. most of those particular parables. Yeah, you'll notice that the the kind of crucial money text where Jesus says to not store up, but to, he says to the rich man to give away what you own, and then you'll have treasure in heaven. How does the rich man leave? Very sad. Very sad. And so with that. <laughs> no, but honestly, I mean, maybe <laughs> take this to a, if, if somebody is out there who is very rich, um, don't move away from this quickly. Don't move away very angrily either, I hope, um, because that, that will 
suppress your ability to think well about this and to pray well about this. Um, and even sadness, St. Thomas says, is, is an emotion that people should feel when there's an inability to do otherwise. You know, if, if you are, you know, working on your car and your engine dies and you are a mechanic that knows what to do, you get mad because there's something to change, um, that you know how to change it. But if you don't know how to do that, you get very anxious and unsettled. And if, you know, there's, uh, we need another example now, but if there's another example in which there's just a situation, there's nothing to do about it. I mean, this is what happens when, uh, real tragedy strikes and we think of, um, people dead and there's just nothing that you can't undo death. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, is just sadness. That's appropriate because there can't be anything that's changed. But that rich man who went away, he, he had sadness because he thought that there was nothing that right. could be changed. Right. But there can be, and that is what Christ offers all of us in the sacraments, is the grace that our souls can be changed, can be made more Christian, can be more Christ-like. Um, so if you think what we're saying is insane... Uh, Get mad. <laughs> Get mad. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. it follows, right? So, yeah, anger would be a better response because then, because then, uh, but consider it. Don't yeah. move away from it too quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, as always, you can just message us with any questions on um, inheritance or anything else. I'm Mark at newpolity.com. Jacob, you can email him at jacob at newpolity.com, and we'll do our best to address them. So, thanks, Pox.